Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain, every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack, with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. The music you hear is from my son, Sam Brandt. We're being ably produced by one Brian Neal. And I have some rants for you today. Yes, we're post-Super Bowl. So I'll give you some rants about the business of football that is going to be in full speed. You know, every year I talk about we time and me time. Well, we time just ended in the NFL. We time is when teams gather, when teams get together, when it's all for one, one for all, when it's kumbaya, when everybody's moving towards the prize, which was just given out in the Super Bowl. And now we enter me time and me time is, hey, what about my contract? What about my family? What about what I want before we gather again in a few months, maybe even longer than that, depending on COVID? Uh, And we get to we time again. But I've always talked about this for people who think the team sport aspect of football is great on the business side. It's (laughs) This is the time you see it's not so much about the team. It's about what is good for me. And I get it. You know, everybody thinks that the team is great, but the most important thing is them and their family, where they're playing, how they're playing, who they're playing for, and, of course, how much money they're making. And that's me. You know, that's the business of sports. I talk about it every year. Since I've been in the business at all, it's always been busier for me when in when my life in football when the games are not played. So the end of the Super Bowl this past Sunday means the busy time for me in all my careers. When I was an agent, sure, got busy right after the season. When I was a GM, assistant GM with the Packers, sure, that's the busy time. From the end of the Super Bowl, certainly through March, April, busiest time of the year, flashpoints for contract extensions, new contracts, free agency, trading, it's restructures, etc. And now analyzing the business of football the last 10 years, sure, this is the busy time. So my writings on Sports Illustrated, my commentary here, my podcasts, and of course, working in all aspects of media and my analysis, even in my teaching at Villanova, it's busy. It's the busy time. So it's different than a lot of people in football, probably most, if not everyone else in football, is the busiest when you have the games, when you have the lead-up, sort of the weekly regular schedule getting into what's going on. As the Super Bowl ends, I'll talk about my first rant, and that's the Super Bowl and its ratings. You know, I think there's way too much emphasis on ratings, especially in this COVID year, but people sort of look to it. There's a lot of media covering media. And they kind of look to, okay, what's the rating? What's the numbers? Now, the high for Super Bowl numbers have been like, I think, 110, 115 million people watching. There's a lot being made that, hey, this Super Bowl is down. It's down to, I think, something like 96 million people. And it's the lowest rated in a few years. Listen, here's my point. Who cares, right? It is far and away the highest rated entertainment programming in the country, not even close. We'll come out, you know, we'll see at the end of the year, but I think the next highest would probably be, you know, the NFC or AFC championship games. And then you get the Oscars maybe somewhere around there. 
And then you get more and more NFL football. So to think that this is a problem for the NFL, no. And then I hear all the theories, well, it was a bad game and people are tired of Tom Brady. Come on. (laughs) This is about the fact that less people are watching everything. And I don't know if it's COVID or cord cutting or whatever the reasons are, but people are watching less of everything. And there was a tweet out today from someone in media that basically talked about the crown jewels of sports programming this year, whether it was the World Series, the NBA playoffs, the Kentucky Derby, the NHL Stanley Cup, all down in the range of 20 to 50%. The NFL is down, what, 9%, 6%? Nothing. So to me, the story of ratings with the NFL and the Super Bowl is a good thing for the NFL rather than a bad thing because it only dropped a whatever it was, six to nine percent compared to these other sports and their crown jewels and their pinnacle programming dropping 10, 20, 30 percent. I mean, it's not even close. So with the Super Bowl ratings that come out and people try to make whatever deductions they can out of that, here's my deduction. This is good. I mean, to only drop six percent, It's all relative. It's perspective. What are the other top sports properties dropping this year? Much worse, much worse. And here's the other reason why this is, to me, totally meaningless, because the NFL has entered or will enter into their media negotiations very soon, very soon. Okay, they are in these negotiations and all the usual players will be there. NBC, CBS, Fox. ABC slash ESPN, and then the digital media giants, to what extent, who knows, but Yahoo, Twitter, Amazon, Google, YouTube, pick another, okay, Snapchat, Facebook, they'll be there. So, and they'll be and, not or. In other words, the NFL will get their regular mainstream deals with Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, ESPN, and, not or, and, some digital streaming that will uh, allow for even more rights and ratings down in, in day parts throughout the year or whatever ratings down a Super Bowl means zero. Listen, do you think a network or digital media giant is going to say to the NFL, yeah, uh, you know, we're not going to offer, you know, much of an increase because, hey, your ratings were down a little. Good luck with that. Please. That's not happening. These leagues are going to be aggressive because they know this. It is the most valuable programming on television. End of story. We live in a country that pays extraordinary amount of attention to the NFL. I don't know why. I think we're force-fed it at a young age. I think it plays well on TV. I think it's passed down through the generations. Whatever the reason is, the NFL is the most popular property in the country. And because of that, there's a ton of money flowing in. The media deals are incredible. Again, I've talked about this before. Because of largely due to media, NFL teams start their year with a check worth $275 or so million. The NFL salary cap for players, under $200 million. It is a great time to be an NFL owner. And those numbers will go up. Whether the media deals are done this year or next year, we'll see when. But these are massive deals coming. Massive deals. Means nothing this Super Bowl number being lower. I can't stress that enough for two reasons. Number one, they have outperformed other crown jewels of sports programming relative to what they were before. And number two, who cares, right? 
the the media partners are going to be strong, aggressive. The deals will be real and spectacular, to quote Terry Hatcher. It's going to happen. Okay, that's my rant about the Super Bowl and the rating. And right now, I want to just get to DraftKings, our sponsor, because I think this is all related too. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to do just that. All players who bet at Sunday night's game between L.A. and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every $1,000 bet on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop one point. The best part is even as the line lowers, the odds remain even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. If that's not enough excitement for you, there's a huge title fight coming up. UFC 258. DraftKings has it all. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code ROSS when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game between L.A. and Denver for every $1,000 bet on the over, the line will decrease by one point. That's your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family it's a team effort. Hammer the over, improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code ROSS or OSS. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, 1-8, I'm sorry, 888-532-3500. Now back to the rants and we go to Russell Wilson. I was shocked that he did, A, was even doing media, but did some revealing media for Russell Wilson. Now, revealing for Russell Wilson is not revealing for most people. Excuse me. But this is a guy who is constantly bland, unrevealing corporate. You know interviews with Russell Wilson. They're always, hey, go Hawks. They're always Pete Carroll ultra positive. They're always sanguine outlook no matter what's going on. They're always positive and unrevealing. Bland doesn't say anything. Russell Wilson has mastered the art of not saying anything in interviews. But here's what shocks me over the past couple of days since the Super Bowl. He's done a couple media, most notably Dan Patrick, where I come on fair amount. And I thought it was very interesting. He didn't come out and go in any of these rants where people are equating what, you know, what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I want out. What's going on with Carson Wentz. I want out. People even were saying that about Aaron Rodgers. I want out. Come on. Even though none of those guys ever said that. <laughs> This is not what Russell Wilson is saying. He's saying, yeah, I think I should have more of a role in personnel. And Dan Patrick was was shrewd in sort of pushing him to say, is that what you really want? And he said, yeah. Now, that's big news coming from Russell Wilson. And he sort of said, you know, it's about trades. He's not looking for a trade, but he said, hey, that's a Seahawks question. To really sort of even open the door a crack that there's a possibility he plays other than Seattle, which I think is zero. I don't, I mean, you know me, I'm the, anti-quarterback carousel guy, and I say this isn't happening. So we'll see Russell Wilson, if anyone even calls on him, but he's not going anywhere. Again, I get to the Packers and the Texans, and now I add the Seahawks. They're not stupid, okay? They're not stupid. What, are you going to trade one of these guys for the other? No, it's not going to happen. Here's my thing on Russell Wilson. Now we get back to the Super Bowl. There's definitely some Tom Brady envy going on here. I, there is Tom Brady envy going on here because this can only be this change in kind of being out front and Russell Wilson being a little bit 
you know, inquisitive about what's out there and wants more role in a personnel. It has to be Brady Envy. He watches that Super Bowl as everyone did, and you see the weapons. You know, you see the Brady imports that happened this year, primarily Gronkowski. But they're also dealing with the, the, the holdovers like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Cameron Bray and Ronald Jones. But the imports, including Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, and I'm sure a lot of quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson, are sitting around saying, yeah, that's cool. You know, I want to do that. I want to have my imports come in. And Russell Wilson would never denigrate the people around him, would never say anything bad about DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or Chris Carson or anyone else. But he's got to be looking at Brady. And I think that's where this is coming from, saying, yeah, that'd be nice. Where I could go to management and say, yeah, I want my guy. Let's get him. Well, Brady was, you know, the key recruiter for these guys. Now, Russell Wilson could recruit people. But again, they have to be free agents. They have to be on the street. And you're talking about Fournette cut, Gronkowski retired, Antonio Brown sent to pasture by his actions. Here we go. He got them all down there. So I was totally uh, shocked by Russell Wilson's comments, as bland as they may seem, for him to step out and say anything beyond go Hawks and all positivity was surprising to me. So we have Russell Wilson basically saying, I want to get involved more in personnel. And it's got to be because of Brady. You know, he watches this game. He's got all these guys scoring touchdowns that weren't there before, that he got there, that he recruited, that he brought down there simply by his presence. Russell's probably saying, yeah, I got some presence too. So why don't I get that? You know, I can get these guys down here. So that's my rant. You know, a guy that is as corporate and bland and unrevealing and company man as, as ever, stepping out a little bit, you know, and good for him. Good for Russell, seeing another side of him. You know, I always admire people that are interesting, you know, and Russell's showing some interesting before, not very interesting. <laughs> He's showing his little bit interesting. Okay, speaking of interesting, let's get back to the topic that has seemed to dominate uh, a lot of my thoughts over the past couple months. And I, as I sit here in Philadelphia, uh, Carson Wentz is still an eagle. <laughs> you know, probably a lot of people thought that he wouldn't be by this time recording this uh, midday on Wednesday, February 10th. I don't know how long he will be, but clearly my, my attitude has changed. I was on Twitter this week. I did a video saying, Hey, listen, all my aspects, all my con, all my strong takes about Carson Wentz not going anywhere. I was wrong. I apologize. I was wrong. I did not realize that the Philadelphia Eagles would be willing to take on this incredibly debilitating cap hit of $34 million to move Wentz. Listen, $34 million is ballparks beyond what the highest single dead money charge in the history of the league, which set two weeks ago by Jared Goff at $22 million. $34 million is 60% more than, 34 million, than $22 million, and the Eagles are prepared to do that. To do that, though, they need a decent showing in the trade market, and that seems to be what's holding it up. Howie Roseman is one of these negotiator GMs. He's trying to get the best deal. He's trying to show the world, yeah, I'm going to take this massive bit, debilitate the team, have this incredibly large cap number, maybe the largest in history going forward even, but we're doing it. And to do that, he's got to get something out of it. Now, reports already wanted the Stafford package of two future ones. Good luck with that. He's got to have a lot of bidding. Supposedly, there's some bidding between the Bears and Colts, but it's not going very well. We'll see where it goes. 
I still think Wentz is going to get traded. Now there's a sliver of hope out there that he may even stay. But the reason why I think I was wrong is not so much these reports of what's going on with the trade. It's that no one came to the defense of what I was saying. (laughs) No one. Not Wentz, not the Eagles, and not the new coach. And no one has shut down these rumors. They've all gone through their sources about, yeah, Carson Wentz wants out, or their sources about they're trying to trade him, or their sources of, uh, you know, a lot of teams are interested, and just spinning it in the media. But no one has shut it down. So that's why it's happening. No one has shut this down. A thousand chances the Eagles could have done it. A thousand chances Carson Wentz could have shut it down. The new coach could have done so in a minute, in a heartbeat, in his news conference. Didn't talk about it. Just said some, you know, namby-pamby stuff about Carson Wentz. So I was wrong. I did not think the Eagles would debilitate themselves as they're about to. And now it's a negotiation, pure and simple. You know, what can Howie Roseman, whose strength forte is negotiating, negotiate, wrangle out of the Colts or Bears, probably more out of the Bears. They seem a little more desperate than the Colts. And we'll see what happens. But I never thought I'd say it. You know, Carson Wentz, as I've said, the player in the NFL with more invested in him than any other player out of 2,000 players in the NFL in terms of draft choices, multiple number ones, in terms of other moves, trading Sam Bradford away, letting Nick Foles go to free agency, and then in terms of money, not only that first that first contract at $30 million and the second contract $150 million, and the way they structured it with all these option bonuses and bonuses that are going to, again, bring all that unamortized bonus that's spread out to get the lower cap number right away, accelerated in the moment he's traded, $34 million on the cap, that he cannot help by restructuring a deal with the new team. He can only help if he wants to give back millions to the old team, the Eagles, and good luck with that. So I was wrong. So many were right. Carson Wentz looks like he will be traded, although as of this taping, he is still an eagle. I don't think that'll last very long. I was wrong. He will be moved. Okay. Those are my three rants and this post-Super Bowl edition of the Business of Sports. Thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. And I now have a newsletter. I really encourage you to sign up. It's free. Sign up at andrew-brandt.com. Every Sunday morning, my Sunday 7, I give you my thoughts, my content, my musings, my quotes, my tweets, things I think you should enjoy if you read, things I think you should enjoy from me. Andrew-Brandt.com is where you sign up for the free newsletter. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal, to my musical producer, Sam Brandt. You can always leave comments, Apple Podcasts. Rankings really do appreciate those if you like the podcast. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go. Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.